Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant. It's great to have you here with us. Hope you're doing well. Really appreciate you being with us. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to get right after it, get right into it. We've got my friend Omar Zinholm who's with us today. Omar runs the site $100 MBA, also has a podcast by the same name that is a phenomenal podcast. In fact, it is so good, it was recently recognized with the award of Best of iTunes, which may or may not mean anything to you, but let me give you some context. Within iTunes, they've got a bajillion podcasts that are available. And they've got each year, the end of the year, they got a couple of categories where they pick what are some, what they feel are some of the best podcasts in the space in all of iTunes. So Omar's podcast, $100 MBA was recently awarded as one of those top picks as best of iTunes. So it's just a really great show. It's just like short 10, 12, 15 minute episodes that gives you just some nugget bite-sized tips for running a business. So uh, really great stuff we're going to get into today and talk about. Also, we are doing a, we've got some bonus material with uh, today's episode with us. This is something we just recently started doing. So if you're uh, if you're a regular listener, if you're just tuning in, what we're going to do is you're going to get the normal episode, the full episode, the full interview. But after we finish recording, we jump right back on the mic and Omar and I will talk for another uh, like 10 minutes or so, go through a couple more questions and uh, just talk about a couple other things going on with, with him and uh, some just business thoughts. So in fact, you're going to want to definitely download the, or the bonus material today because Omar tells a story of the the uh, the teacher that really changed his life. And he also talks about when he was a uh, teacher and a, a story about stealing some stuff. So I'm just, I'm going to tease you with that. So you're going to make sure you uh, you don't miss out on that. So if you do want to download that bonus material, you can go to grantbaldon.com slash 77 for episode 77. So grantbaldon.com slash 77 for the bonus material. But let's get into it, my friends. Here's my interview with my buddy Omar Zenholm of $100 MBA. Enjoy. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by my good friend and beautiful brother from another mother, Mr. Omar Zenholm. <laughs> what is up, buddy? How you doing? Hey, Grant. It's awesome to be on this show, man. I love it. I dig what you guys do. You uh, you got a couple different things that you got your hands in. So uh, we just met at a party and I asked you, what do you do? What do you say? My immediate response is I'm an entrepreneur. I like to help people build businesses and you know, I do that in different ways. I do that through education. I do that through my podcast. I do that through tools. And then I usually ask them, you know, do you know anybody that's starting a business or something like that that would need help? Then I usually recommend the podcast. <laughs> gotcha. And so your your podcast is uh, one that I am personally a fan. I don't know if people haven't been listening, they need to go listen. But uh, tell us about the $100 MBA. The $100 MBA show is a daily podcast. They're 10-minute business lessons every single day. We, uh, I think if I had to make up a fun tagline, it would be no fluff, only the good stuff. And uh, <laughs> I like that. You need to start using that. <laughs> yeah. So basically, we're the opposite of uh, the long winded chat conversation show. We're, we're, Whoa, 10 are, minutes. You, are you talking about us right now? No, I think you are very valuable. I'm talking about the people that talk about everything else but business. You know? Gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> and they're fun and they have their place. And I listen to those shows when I just want to chillax. Right. Yep. But 
for somebody who wants to just like, I need my daily dose of improving as an entrepreneur, as a business builder. I need something I can use right now to be better at business. That's where we come in. And we're just every day we tackle uh, an aspect of business, be it online or offline. And it's 10 minutes and it's lesson based. We get guest teachers. We're going to have you coming up soon. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it's been really uh, interesting to see it grow and see it um, you know, uh, do well. Yeah. And, uh, and I think we both started ours around the same time or so, but I know you guys have the daily, like small little nuggets has worked out really, really well. Cause you know, we were talking a little, even offline of, uh, it's easy to knock out, you know, three, four, five, six of them, depending on your, your commute, or if you've got a little road trip and they're really practical, tangible things. So it's not like you're having to digest this, you know, really in-depth 60 minute piece, but it's, you know, it's just short little actionable tidbits, which makes it really, really just easy for, for people to, to grab hold on. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I realized as a podcast listener myself is that podcast listeners are completionists. Like they want to finish the episode, right? So a lot of people, they don't get into a podcast unless they have an hour, unless they have whatever, a certain amount of time to, you know, do something. So I felt like, okay, 10 minutes, everybody can afford 10 minutes. You know, um, you're walking your dog, you're going to the grocery store, something like that. It's, it's, and it's easy to fit it in your day. So yeah, and for production wise, you know, it's it is a lot of work. I mean, it takes longer for my partner Nicole to edit and produce the podcast than it is for me to actually record it because it's it's a very detailed production. We love doing it, you know, um it's been a lot of fun and it's funny cuz I was just trying to produce a really good show, trying to, you know, focus on my strengths and and Nicole really at the start of launching it, she's like, I really want to be like one of the best podcasts in iTunes. And, 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 you know, Nicole is also my partner in life. And, and one of the things I love about her the most is that she's like, she's really like ambitious and she's, and it's, and she's hungry and she wants to, you know, do well, which is great. Cause that means she wants to work hard. So she was just like, I really want to do well in iTunes. And, we got to kill it. We got to crush it. And I was just like, okay, we're going to try our best. We're going to do our thing. Don't worry about it. You know, and like just recently we won uh, best of iTunes in 2014 and which is a huge deal. Yeah, it is a huge deal. Like like people outside of like podcasting, I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts. And so to be listed in the top, what was it like top 10 of like new podcasts? Yeah, there's so basically they have different categories of like classics. They have like new uh, debuts. So we were we're a new debut and uh, we were chosen as yeah one of the top ten along with like startup and serial. So it was like really a huge honor and also like kind of a confirmation that you know our hard work paid off and yeah. I was happy, but Nicole was going crazy. She was like, yes, I told you we're going to do it. <laughs> she's the, maybe we need to be talking to her. She's the real uh, driver behind yeah. it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's really, she does a great job. I'm really like to have her. All right. Let's, uh, let's backtrack a little bit. So what was life like growing up for you? What'd you want to do? That's a good question. My dad, he's an engineer by trade, but somewhere around his mid thirties, he made a transition because um, he lost his job. He got laid off. The business that he was working for as an engineer went out of business. So he was between jobs. And in that period, he was like, okay, I need to pay the bills. So I'm going to pick up a sales job. So he became a salesman, a car salesman, new car sales, luxury cars. And in this whole transition period, he, he just fell in love with sales and he just never looked back and never went back to his engineering 
job. He just started to realize this is his calling. So growing up as a young boy, if anybody has parents that are in sales, sales is a very up and down kind of situation because it's commission based. So, you know, one summer you're going on this great vacation. The next summer you're hanging out in the backyard. Right. right, right. So, <laughs> so growing up seeing that I was kind of like, I was intrigued about business and sales, but I was kind of like, you know, I want a stable job. You know, I just want, you know, stable income. I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to go to the military. So I became a teacher and I studied and became an English teacher. I taught English as a second language. That's a, that was my like specialty. And I taught uh, for a number of years, five, six years. And then I moved on to becoming a, you know, a middle manager at the university I worked at, became like head of the department. I became a teacher, became a teacher trainer, curriculum developer. And I did that for 13 years. But while I was in education for a very long time, I was also like creating little side projects, side hustling as they call it. But back then it was just called start a business on the side or something. <laughs> you know? And and I didn't have all the resources everybody has now, you know, all the choices on the internet. Like there I you know, I started out back in two thousand. And there was no WordPress. There was nothing, you know, there was something called books. And I, <laughs> I used to read a lot of books. Old you know? school. And just, yeah. And that's the only thing I could get my hands on. And 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 just read as much as I can about how to do business properly. So I side hustled for a very long time. And then at one point, I just got very, very disillusioned with the educational system. I felt, you know, I felt very restricted. I know a lot of people might not believe this, but in education, your creativity is really confiscated at the doorstep because, you know, if you think about what a teacher does or an educator does, you know, they're told what to do, how to do it, what to teach, what classroom to be in, what time. It's very regimented. There's a lot of red tape and to change anything is like incredibly hard because the institution has so much red tape. So I just got really tired of that. And I started seeing, you know, progress in my side hustling. I started seeing, I'm learning a lot. I mean, I lost a lot of money. I made a lot of money and I lost a lot of time as well. I learned a lot of, th- I learned a lot of lessons the hard way, but I just came to the point where my, my frustration outgrew my fear really. And I, I just said, I gotta, I gotta take the leap and I became a full-time entrepreneur and, and uh, the rest is history. Frustration outgrew your fear. I really like that. Is that something that you say a lot? Yeah. Uh, and that's the best way I could describe how a lot of people are like, so why'd you make the leap? I was just like, I got so frustrated. I got to the point where it's just like, you know, anything could be better than this. You know, like I'm not getting any younger. I don't see myself doing this for the rest of my life. It's just a matter of time. How much time do I want to wait? How much time do I want to delay before I start my quote unquote real life, the life I really want to? Right. You know, and I just said, you know, let's just give this a shot. What's the worst that's going to happen? You know? Yeah. That's one thing we I, I talk a lot about is that there's some things in life that may bother you, but do they bother you enough to do something about it? So yeah. for example, you know, we're recording this right at the beginning of January this year. And, uh, you know, this time of year, a lot of people set New Year's resolutions and a lot of them have to do with, with your, your health or your exercise or weight and, uh, what you eat and that kind of stuff. And it all sounds great on January 1st, but then like January 5th and 6th rolls around mm-hmm. and you're just like, ah, oh, sheesh, this sucks. I don't want to do this for another 300 and some days. So, you know, by then you're like, ah, it's not that big a deal. And then before long, like you're way off track. Why? Because like it bothers me, but it doesn't bother me enough. And so I right. think there's a lot of people that are in that situation in their, in their own job and in their own career and in their own world of just going like, yeah, my situation bothers me, but yeah, not enough to do something about it. So I love that you said that, you know, you got to a point where you were just frustrated enough that I, I can't keep going down the same path. I have to actually do something different. 
Yeah, I think it just boils down to like which one bothers you more, which one frustrates you more. What, what are you more afraid of having regrets, or you're more afraid of failure? And that's really what it's down boils down to. Yeah, there's two types of regret in life. There's the, the things that you do that you wish you hadn't done. We all have our fair share of those. And then there's yeah. the things that you didn't do that you wish you had tried. And, and I think you know so many people are like I don't want to get to the end of my life looking back, feeling like man, I wish I would have given that shot. You know, I had that small window of opportunity. Mm. I could have given that a shot. I could have taken that chance, but I didn't. And I'll, I'll never know. It could have been a huge success. It could have been an epic failure, but I'll never know mm. because I, I didn't even give it a shot. Yeah. And in that process, you become a different person and you learn and you grow and you become you know, a better person, I think. So how long were you teaching before you got to a point where you're starting to feel that frustration where we're starting to bubble up enough that you um, might need to shift? My full-time career in education was 13 years. My last three years were really hard because I was really like knee-deep in administration. I started, you know, I was a middle manager. I was a head of department of the foundations department of, of the university I was working at. And and I was very frustrating because I realized how the educational system is set up in the world. You know, it's, it's not set up for innovation. It's not set up for creativity. It's not set up for in the interest of the student. And it's it really in the interests of the stakeholders and the people that are in charge and the people that want to keep their jobs. And, and it's a sad truth because at the end of the day, if you don't believe in what you're doing, if you don't believe in the, the things that you do every single day, then you're not really, you don't feel significant. And that's really what happened. I really started to feel like what I'm, it doesn't make a difference what I do. It doesn't make a difference. And then I really felt it when I left because I realized I'm going to be replaced and everything I did for this place, I can't take with, you know, I can't take it with me. I did, you know, Habitat for Humanity trips. I did crazy things with my students. I did all these great things for the institution. I put in new policies. I, I contributed in a great way, but it's not mine. You know, I was just yeah. like, I'm going to go away and they're going to be like, thank you, buddy. You know, and in the best case scenario, if somebody who's working at like a Fortune 500, they're going to give you a watch and enjoy your retirement or enjoy, you know, your rest of your life. And it's just like, to me, that just felt like so horrible. I was like, I'm working so hard for somebody else's institution, you know, and I'm like, right. and I can't take any of that stuff with me. And, I, and for me, I started to realize I really want to build a body of work I can look back on and say, in some way, I helped somebody. In some way, I contributed to the world. You know, you know, entrepreneurs are, are an interesting bunch. And a lot of people say, oh, because, you know, they help change the world, you know, and, and that sounds so grand. And I, I hate using these grand ideas because a lot of people feel like it's intimidating or it's, it's just too much. It's too overwhelming. And uh, for me, it's just like if you could just change your little world, you know, one person at a time, like yeah. if you really know how to use Google Docs and you teach somebody the basics of Google Docs who's never opened Google Docs, you just changed their life. You just helped them in some way. You became, you know, it's not, you know, curing cancer, but you're, you're definitely contributing. And for me, that's important. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're impacting people. Yeah, for sure. So in the three years, those last three years where you're just frustrated and, but it uh, sounds like you're not really sure though, what you'd rather be doing. Did you have a clear idea of what you want to be doing? You're just thinking it's not this. I really started to, I think like 
the last six years or so, I really started to develop this confidence or develop this belief that, hey, I think I can do this entrepreneur thing. I think I can start a business and be successful. I think I can actually do this. And it took some time because it took some like trying and failing and starting websites and not seeing it work and seeing things work. And and I started to realize that maybe I can do this with some sort of consistency. Yes, there's risks involved. And yes, it's not as stable as a, a paycheck, but maybe I could do this. And um, I had some successes, some consistent successes. And I said, okay, I'm going to go full time. I said failures. A lot of the failures were not like just you know business failures and, ma- and not making money, but just I chose a business that made money, but I wasn't enjoying or I really wasn't passionate about or happy about. And I just had to let it go because you know there's only so far you can go if you're not enjoying it. Like one of the things I say is that you have to enjoy the grind. You have to enjoy yeah. the hard work and the stuff that's not like glamorous in order for you to be sustainable. There were some businesses I chose that I didn't enjoy the grind and I wasn't able to keep it up. So, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that for a second where you're in those you know three to six years or something where you're trying just a bunch of different types of things and just knowing, okay, this current education world that I'm in, I know it's not it. I'm not really sure what else I'd rather be doing, but I've got a bunch of different types of options. How are you starting to like try different things or starting to narrow down that list to even get some idea of what you'd rather be doing? Because I think there's a lot of people that are listening that are in that spot of going... All right, I, this job that I'm doing right now, I don't love it, I don't hate it, but I don't know what I'd rather be doing. I just know this isn't what I want to do long term. So, how do I even begin to take some steps mm. towards figuring out what that next thing might be? If if I if I feel like I'm just looking at a like a just a, a blank wall of of an infinite number of, of options or possibilities. I think you would have to look at how you spend your free time. Like, what do you do when you're not working? Like, (laughs) what do you do on vacation? What books do you read? What YouTube videos do you watch? If you're willing to do it for free, you'll do it for money. Like, you've got to be willing to do it for free. And that, because in the beginning, you're going to do a lot of it for free. You're going to work hard and do a lot of stuff and see no money coming in because you're trying to build an audience. So, that's kind of the first step. Like you have to broaden your horizons a little, broaden your thinking a little bit. You might be like, oh, I, I love basketball, you know, but you know, I can't play for the NBA. Like, well, that's not your only option. You know, like you, you can be, you can have a sports talk radio show on, you know, have a podcast. You can, you know, there's people that play basketball video games and comment on their, on their performance and, and on YouTube and make a living off that. Some people, they talk about their predictions. They talk about the personal lives of these players. You know, like there's a lot of different angles you could take without being an athlete, you know, right. in this in this case. So take a look at what you, you like to spend time. Like for me, I really was intrigued by the entrepreneur. For me, the entrepreneur is like one of the most incredible professions ever. For me, I don't know why, because I just felt like they're just, they were mysterious to me. Like, who are these people that create things out of nothing? Like, right. who are these people that like, you know, that there's an idea that comes their way or they discover a need or a want and they say, uh, it doesn't exist. And a little bit later it exists. Like, yeah. to me, that's just magical. And then I, and on top of that, I felt like in a lot of ways, indirectly, they're philanthropists because they hire people, they help people, they help people support themselves, they help people learn and grow. And, and it's a very like, in a lot of ways, it's a lot of it's, it's, there's a lot of personal charity because you're spending a lot of your time trying to cultivate other people and try to build not only your customers but build build the people around you, your team around you. So for me, it was just something that I, I was really fascinated about. You don't have to be an expert at it. I wasn't an expert when I started, but you have to be interested. You know, right. you have to be like somebody who's like, oh, I want to learn more. I want to know more. 
Mm. Well, it's something you yeah. kind of you kind of alluded to there too. Is I think it's it's also important that a lot of us we're not like these one singular person where I have this one interest, this one specific type of book that I like to read, and that's it. I've got a bunch of different things that I'm intrigued by. So figuring out yeah. are there certain things that may overlap for you. So like in your case, you know you're you're passionate and interested about entrepreneurship, but you're also interested and passionate about teaching. And so you know you you spent your career in that world, and so you yeah. fast forward to today. That's what your business is today is teaching entrepreneurship of being able to combine a couple of these different things that I'm, I'm interested in. I like doing, I'm passionate about, I'm good at, I enjoy and figuring out how a few of these things come together. And there's some things like that where it may be a pretty obvious connection of how they come together and other things where it, it may not be, but some of it is mm-hmm. like you said, for those three or six years, you're just, you're trying a bunch of different things rather than just sitting on the sideline and clicking your heels together and hoping that magically it all works itself out. I mean, I like that you kind of picked up on that, the whole idea of, you know, I was an educator for my career and then I took what I knew, my skills, my forte, what I was trained on and used my entrepreneurial skills and what I learned in business and combined them and and started something with it. Because a lot of people... They'll come to me and say, how did you guys do so well on iTunes? Your podcast is so successful. Like, what's your hack? What do you do? Like, how do you market? And it's like... What's the secret? uh, Exactly. And like, I usually have a couple answers to them. And the first answer is like, first of all, like, it's a little offensive because... at the end of the day, you have to have a good show. And I, I think we have a good show. Yeah. You know, like at the end of the year, your content right. has to be good or you're just not going to make it. Secondly, I had a failed podcast prior to the Hunter LMB and I learned a hard lesson. The hard lesson was I need to focus on what I'm really good at and I need to focus on what is it about <laughs> I'm good at that can differentiate me. And one of the things I realized is that in the online world, there isn't a lot of people that know how to teach. Yeah. Like I know this as an educator because I was trained how to put a course together. I know how to put a curriculum together, how to make it sense, how to break down concepts, how to introduce the concept, how to ensure this comprehension. So I'm not just like, like bulldozing through it, how to stay on track and not go off on tangents because people need to be on track in order to be able to have one idea linked to the next one. So I realized that in the online world, there's not a lot of people that know these things because they weren't trained for it. You know, like I don't know how to be a doctor. I didn't go to medical school, but I do know how to be a teacher because I went to school for that. I have, you know, I've been studied, I have multiple degrees in it, I have multiple certifications. And as an educator, you have to constantly be upgrading your skills. And I think it's like a good movie. When you watch a good movie, you don't understand why it's good or why the cinematography is good. You just, you just feel it. You're like, oh, this is good. I like it, you know? And I think people have the same kind of response with the podcast because they just feel the differentiation that like, wow, this, I feel like I'm learning something because, you know, as you know, online, people can just put up courses or put up a podcast and you don't need to have any kind of certification to know how to teach. You just do it, you know? So I took my, my strengths or my expertise or what I'm good at and, and I exploited it, really. I just said, there's not enough of this online. I'm going to be the person that kind of pioneers it with what I know and hopefully it'll resonate with people. Let me ask you this. As you're kind of wrapping up the, the teaching, the education side, and you're starting to make that transition, is there anything that you, would, you did or things that you would do differently to make that transition as, as smooth as possible? Because again, you're going from the quote unquote safe, secure, stable, you know what your paycheck is, you know which day that paycheck is coming, but now you're going into this whole new world. So what did you do to make that transition as smooth as possible. One of the things I I would recommend anybody to do, and which I did, and it really helped, is 
you know, obviously it's a good idea to have some runway, to have some savings to cover you for six months or something, just because money is not going to come in immediately, right? And you need to be able to pay your regular expenses, your bills, things like that, right? But one of the things that can really help is lowering your expenses as much as you can. I mean, yeah. th that might mean moving house. That might mean selling a car, downgrading your car. And that's not such a big deal. You get used to things like if you, a car is a car at the end of the day, you know, I'm a big car lover. I know, you know, I splurged on cars in the past and I, I look back and like, that's stupid. But, and you can downgrade your life and still enjoy life. You know, you don't have to eat out so much, maybe eat, maybe cook a little bit more. Um, and, and maybe even moving to a, a cheaper location around the country or whatever might really stretch your runway a lot longer. That six months can become a year. And I did that and it really helped me a lot because at the end of the day, I was too busy trying to build my business that I didn't really worry about the same things I was worrying about when I had a job. When you, when you have a job, you're like working for the weekend and you're trying to find ways to spend your money. You know, it's like, it's a completely different lifestyle. Like when you're building your business, you're just so focused on that. It's like, like going out to eat was like a waste of time to me. Like oh, that's too much time taken out three hours to go out to eat, man. I can get so much done in that time. So, <laughs> so yeah, your priorities kind of switch. So Lowering your expenses is not felt as harshly as when you were in a job. So I would really try to take a look at your expenses and try to lower them as much as possible. Well, and lowering your expenses too is a great indicator of how serious you are on something, you know, because I, I think when yeah. some people that are listening to this may be, you know, the, I, I think we all would have one or two reactions. One is like, well, I don't want to downgrade my life. Like, who's this guy? You know, like, I want, I like, I like my car and I like to eat out and I like yeah. nice things. So it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. how, I love again, like how frustrated are you or how bad do you want it or how much do you want well, to do something different? Because if you do, yeah. if you're serious, then you're, you're willing to make some of those sacrifices and willing to make some of those very, very temporary and in the scheme of things, very minor cutbacks in order to get where you want in life. And it's, it's good that you said it's temporary because it's like that whole like psychological test they did with children with the cookies, you know, like, or they, they would offer one cookie to the kid or they say, or you can have two cookies later, you know? So yeah. it's like the whole idea of, you know, delayed gratification. Like, can you just hold off a little bit while you build your business and then you're going to be making more money than you ever would be able to make in your career before? Like, I, you know, I remember distinctly remembering looking at my job and looking at my career and saying, this is the most money I'll ever make in education. <laughs> right. Even if I'm the director of the university I'm working at, this is the much, like I have a cap. And I thought to myself, like, imagine there wasn't a cap. Imagine there's a way I can make more money. And I don't want to sound like I'm some kind of like crazy money hungry person. But, you know, I, I always say that, you know, money's not perfect and money doesn't solve all your problems. But it really does make things a lot easier when you can know that your your expenses are taken care of, when you can make sure that your family's taken care of, and you can think a lot clearly. I'm also just not into poverty. Like right. poverty can drive people mad. Dri poverty can drive people absolutely insane. You know, you can't, you know, like you see those homeless people out in New York City, you know, they're not crazy for no reason. They lost it because, you know, you can lose it when you don't have your basic necessities, when you don't, when, when you just keep having your heart broken so many times that you just go insane, you know? Right. So in a lot of ways, money can save you in a lot of different ways. So I don't want to sound like, you know, money is what you should run for. You obviously should run for your ambitions and, and to add things to the world, but it doesn't hurt to be able to yeah. be in a stable situation. 
Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I, money isn't the end all be all, but it sure, like you said, it sure makes things simpler and makes things easier. And I mean, given the choice, I think we'd all say like, we all got to work. Y'all got to make a living somehow. So given the choice, I'd prefer to make more than less. And like you said, I, it's difficult being in a structure and environment where it's kind of dictated to you or the caps put on you of what you're able to make when yeah. you know that you have the potential to, to do something different, which you, you could make more. So uh, yeah, I always yeah. tell people, you know, you want to find a career where money is a factor. It just shouldn't be the only factor because most people would rather right. make less but love what they do than make a lot of money and and hate yeah. their hate their life. So uh, there's point. there's definitely definitely that that balance there. So for someone that may be in that spot who there's they they've got it narrowed down, they know what it is that they want to do and they're trying to figure out how to make that leap and what some of those early steps are. I mean, you teach the $100 MBA, so what are some things that like early just entrepreneurs and business owners can do to start to to gain traction uh, with whatever their thing may be? One of the skills that every great entrepreneur has to have is great communication. If you can't communicate what you do, then you're not going to make it, period. Like you got to be able to communicate very clearly without any hesitation in person, uh, in writing, uh, in, a, in, in a negotiation, what you offer the world, what value you offer very clearly. And one of the easiest ways to kind of get used to doing that or practicing your communication skills is to start a blog. You know, blogging really has helped me be a better communicator because I'm forced, I'm forced on a regular basis to communicate. And you refine your skills, you edit, you keep going. And the thing about writing that's different from speaking or anything else is that when you write things down, you can analyze them, you can critique them, you can say, do I really believe in that? Is that something that I'm, I really you know, want to put out in the world or am I just saying that so I can sound special? You know? Right. So... I really think blogging is one of the best ways to start, especially if you're just trying to explore different ideas or you're trying to explore your own voice in, in this new entrepreneurship you know, space. And in the process of growing your audience, you got to grow some sort of audience that's interested in what you're saying and interested in what kind of value you add. At the start, I would just you know try to give as much value for free, just so you could build your your you know your subscribers list and and build an interest in what you do, and then eventually you'll be able to create something that you can offer, where you can charge for, and now now you're really into business, you know, now you're really starting to make a revenue. But at the start, I really think communication is your best friend. You know, I think you know this as a public speaker, Grant, that like it changes your world when you know how to communicate, right? Well, I think that that communication piece, like you said, it, it comes out in a lot of different ways. So not only, you know, I think of public speaking or a lot of people think of public speaking as just that standing on a stage. But I think that part of the reason that the, the podcast has done well is because, you know, you, you have enough experience of talking and thinking on your feet and, and interacting and communicating with people. And even like you said, from a teaching standpoint of thinking through when you're standing in front of a classroom of how to best communicate an idea and how to avoid those rabbit trails or which rabbit trails to take and which one's not to take and just all of those things that you have to kind of mm -hmm. filter out. And some of that just comes through practicing in a variety of forms of communication. So whether that be speaking or whether it be writing and whether that be a, a public blog post or whether it be a private email or even just journaling, just like spewing your your thoughts and emotions and feelings mm -hmm. out on paper. And there's there's so many people who I've had email me and I'm sure you've had at the same where they'd email just kind of their life situation or what's going on and they're looking for some feedback. And then one of their closing lines of an email would be, it helped so much just just writing this down, you know, yeah, just getting yeah. it out and just getting it, yeah. being able to, to process it through that makes such a difference. 
And if you're not, you're not into that, I mean, and you're just looking for things to write about, read something that you're interested in, read a book and just write your commentary, write what you think about this book. Say, hey, I just read a chapter from, you know, whatever, Ramit Sethi's How to Be Rich, you know, I want to teach you how to be rich, right? And this is what I thought of this chapter or this is what I learned, you know, just get in the habit of writing, of communicating your thoughts. We'll tell you what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up because uh, we're doing some bonus time today. All right. So bonus. we're going to wrap this up and then we've got a quick lightning round, but we're going to, we're going to leave that for bonus track. So I've got a couple more questions for you, but if you are interested, ladies and gentlemen, in hearing these last few questions here, you can, you can download that, uh, that bonus track. We will give you some info on that right afterwards. But before we wrap up here, Omar, you got to tell us where can we find the hundred dollar MBA? Where can we uh, learn more about you and, and what you're up to? Sure. So you can learn more at the $100 MBA at 100100mba.net. You can learn about the show at 100mba.net slash show. We have like a whole bunch of free stuff if you want to check it out. Um, we got a free course on idea validation. You can check that out at $100 MBA. You can also check out... We have three different guides you can download for free on business planning, on branding, on teaching and presenting. You can check that out at at 100mba.net slash guides. Yeah. And if you're just interested in like, how is this done? Like, how do I start a subscriber list? How do I thank my people who subscribe? Just go through my funnel, go through my process and just look at what I do and see one of the like rules of great teachers is that, you know, you look at other people's skills and you just, you, you steal them. You just say, Hey yeah. man, I loved what you did in the class. I'm taking that for my class because as a teacher, you, you got to use anything you can. I mean, people don't understand how difficult it is to manage 30, 40 bodies in a room, right? So it's funny because I was talking to a, a mutual friend of ours, Michael Port, and because he was an actor at one point, and I, I kind of resonated with him. It's like, you know, in a lot of ways, teachers are actors, you know, like well, I did five matinees a day. Like I sat there and <laughs> put on a performance, right? But the point is, is that, you know, I really want to help people as much as possible. If anybody wants to um, reach out and, and speak to me, you can email me at uh, omar at 100mba.net and uh, I'll, I'll get back to you personally. It, uh, all of that reminded me of a, uh, a teacher conference I was at a couple years ago and some, uh, some teachers like blatantly stole some stuff from me. So I'm going to tease that story and I will tell that in the, uh, the bonus episode. So Omar, good talking to you, buddy. Appreciate you, dig you. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon. I'll see you in the bonus. All right. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Omar Zinholm of $100 MBA. Omar's just a uh, great, great guy. He's quickly become a, a great friend of mine and uh, really dig him, what he's doing. Appreciate him sharing his story and journey. Like I mentioned, make sure you stop by, you download the bonus material. You can go to grandbaldon.com slash seven, seven, the uh, bonus material. We try to do these for most episodes from now on. That's totally free. No strings attached. You do got to go in and, and just put in your email. We'll send you the file where you can get the additional, usually five, eight, 10 minutes, someone like that depends on, on who we're chatting with, but uh, make sure that you download that so that you don't miss out on the uh, the bonus material. If you if you like the episode, you like the interview, you like the guest, and you're like, I I could go for seconds, I could go for another round of that, like a little more, a little extra, pass the gravy back down here, Grandma. I want some more of that. Then we can give you a little bit of that in the bonus round. So make sure you uh, again, you can go to grandbaldoncom slash seven seven. All right, that wraps up uh, this episode. Hey, if you like this episode, make sure that you stick around because on uh, on Thursday, episode seventy eight, we've got a great one with. 
with Scott Durbin. Scott worked with Disney for a while. I don't know if you've, you've heard of or seen the show Imagination Movers, but Scott was one of the, and I guess still is, uh, one of the Imagination Movers. So great story about how uh, he got started and how they got eventually connected with Disney and how that how that came to be. That was really cool. So excited to share that episode with you on uh, on Thursday, episode 78. So we'll be coming out to you, at you with that in a few days. All right. Hey, as always, feel free to email me, grant to grandbaldwin.com. If there's anything that I can do for you, hit me up on the Twitter at Graham Baldwin. And just let me know what you're chewing on, what you're wrestling with. If there's anything I can do to help you support you on your journey to find and do work you love. All right. I think that wraps up this episode, boys and girls. We will be coming at you again on Thursday. Until then, you're awesome. Peace. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.